Hey guys, welcome to Parks and Rec episode number 29. I'm Chris. And I'm Yanni. And thank you for joining us, whether again or for the first time. We're glad you're here. Uh, we are now hip deep in spooky season. Hip deep? Yeah, as the more episodes we record, the, the closer it gets to like us just drowning in it. <laughs> well, hip deep for you or hip deep for me? Oh, uh, hip deep for me, so you're already drowning in it. Oh, yeah, okay, good. But if you've been paying attention the past couple weeks, we've been talking about Halloween Horror Nights over at Universal Studios Orlando in celebration of HHN 32. And we've already talked about the scare zones, the The food, the the drinks. But yeah, now it's it's time for the big one. The houses? The houses. We've gone about half a dozen times. Uh, All the houses we've gone through multiple times. Some of them a little bit more than others, but I'm sure we'll talk about that once we start doing this. Uh, because it's time for us to discuss the actual houses themselves. Now, if you go back and listen to episode, was it 24, uh, we outlined the houses just based off of the announcements and kind of the taglines for them. But now we've actually gotten to experience all of these. So we've been through the houses. Uh, so now we kind of get to get into the nitty gritty of it. So we're going to go uh, bottom to top. Okay. Through all ten houses. Don't look at my list. We've already <laughs> talked about this, but, you know, I don't know if yours has changed at all from what we had last discussed. So why don't you start off with your number ten. My number ten is um, Chucky Ultimate Kill Count. Uh, that is my number ten as well. So I've actually noticed since I'm in a Horror Nights group and, like, Facebook and, like, looking at Reddit and stuff. This is a very polarizing house. You either really love this house or you really, really hate this house. There's no in-between. So, for this being my number 10, I don't want to say I really dislike it, but it's definitely not my favorite. Um, Again, if you go back and listen to episode number 24, where we kind of go over what the houses are going to be about, this is Chucky gets a Halloween Horror Nights house in celebration of his USA sci-fi show and things don't go according to plan and he then starts killing all the people that are attending the house and i can see that story throughout it but it's it's not what i wanted it to be it's the uh execution of it because really like there are parts of it where you see moments from the show and that's cool like, if you've seen season one, you see the lady who got pushed into the dishwasher yeah, with all the knives. You see the kid's dad getting electrocuted. But th- I think this, more than any of the other houses we've been through, is really dependent on who's working in the house as a scare actor. Because I think of the like three times we've gone through it, each time there's been different things I've noticed. But some of that is because it's a scare actor is actually in somewhere that wasn't there before. Mm -hmm. So it does bring the house more to life. And as we're getting into the more like Halloween time of year, because we're at the end of September, so we're heading into peak Halloween time with October on the horizon. I think we're going to start to see the house kind of fleshed out more Mm -hmm. with the scare actors. I don't think this is going to move up on my list though. I don't think so. I think out of all of the houses, this is the one that most of the horror are just static mannequins. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of disappointing. I, I do like that they have the Chucky puppets that can like pop out of things, but there's been times we've gone through it too where it's just 
the puppets kind of stationary and stuck mm-hmm. there. So it yeah. it does seem just more like a photo op that you can't take photos in. <laughs> it's true. Um, I also wanted more Tiffany. Tiffany's yeah. only there once, and it's kind of like, no, bring her in. She's a big part of it. All the merchandise has her in it. Yeah. But what's your number nine? Number nine, I'm sorry to say, is Yeti Campground Kills. Okay. Uh, t- tell me about it. So this is the campy, other than Chucky, this is the campy house of the year. It follows a 1950s kind of B-movie plot of a kid named Billy who, um, who, who, frankly, he is a little shit, who kills a baby Yeti, and now Mama wants to kill everyone in the campground. It's cookie, it's campy, it's very gory, it's kind of funny. Um, but at the end of the day, it just doesn't hit as hard as like the other houses this is not a bad house it just doesn't hit as hard as the other houses yeah i think there's some good moments in this but i can't go through a house for moments i need a little bit more of like a full experience from it like the first time we went through it you didn't even see the dead baby yeti on the ground i did not even though like billy was popping out like poking it with a stick Mm. you didn't catch that um Campground Kills is actually my number eight. Mm. Um, it is my lowest of the original houses for uh, aforementioned reasons. Like, there's some good moments in it, but walking through most of the house to those moments, it just really doesn't do a lot for me. And that's kind of how I felt with the first walkthrough. Mm-hmm. And then it just hasn't bounced back with any of like the subsequent ones. Do you wish it leaned more into... The kooky side, like bugs eaten alive, where there were giant mascot bugs laying around, and it was still. No, I don't think so because that worked well for that bugs house because it was very reminiscent of like 1960s B movies. I don't get 1950s like campiness from this house. Mm. I know. I I feel like this is a way to say, oh, it's campy fun. Because it was on a budget. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. Because I think Bugs was a lot more campy fun. Because, it, you know, it did have some some fun moments to it. But, yeah, this uh, my number eight. My number nine, though, is going to be The Exorcist Believer. Mm. Um, This was one of the houses I was kind of least excited for. And there's some decent parts to this house. I think the scare actors in there portraying the possessed little girls are fantastic. Like, the exorcism scenes in it are great. I love the opening facade when you walk through the, like, the Central American town. And then you see, like, the the possessed doll on the table and spinning around. Like, that's all great. I think it's atmospheric. It's just not an IP that I care about. Mm -hmm. Similar to Texas Chainsaw Massacre the other year and kind of Halloween last year. I just, it's something that just doesn't resonate with me. And, again, my, my big issue with this house with our first walkthrough is it was a lot of just the demon poking out and going like uh yeah right and they did get better with that and you know as the characters learn their roles roles and the cues you know there hasn't been improvement but i think the characters portraying the the girls are the best part of it 
Um, I had such low expectations for The Exorcist that I was like, oh, I'm going to absolutely hate this house. Whenever we would go through Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I would feel unwell as we were walking through and I would just be like, I don't, I'm no longer having fun. I just want to leave. Like, I don't even care if you have a chainsaw. Just let me go. Just let me leave. I don't want to do this anymore. But Exorcist, like, pleasantly surprised me. I had not the best time. It's my number seven. Okay. So, again, lowest, well, second lowest IP. But still, like, I thought the girls did an amazing job. Even when they're just standing there, they're just so creepy that it makes you, like, Get nervous giggle <laughs> as you're walking through them and they put like they're all into it every like both times that we've gone through it i'm just like you guys are acting like this is acting yeah they get really into it and i think they're probably like the most active of scare actors in maybe any of the houses because mm. they're really like dipping low and like getting into your face with stuff and i think that's really well done the only reason why this one isn't higher when i'm not the biggest exorcist fan so it's not again never seen the original probably will not see this one until it comes out and at home kind of thing um and the demon really does throw a damper in things because he's he's definitely the weakest part of this house but the girls top notch uh all that being said we've already talked about my 10 my 9 and my 8 uh so we're missing your number 8 which one is that my number eight is The Darkest Deal. Oh, well, interesting. Okay. And I am sad about that. <laughs> no, um, spoilers, because Darkest Deal will be my number six. Mm. So wh- why is this one lower for you than me? Um. So again, comes with expectations. I had very high expectations for this one. I wanted it to be the house. Um, I love the story behind it. Musician sells his soul to become famous. Things go terribly wrong, and it ends kind of like how you expect it to end. Um, the effects, amazing. I don't know if you noticed, uh, also spoilers for like the very, very first bit of the house, um, the devil character, the collector, in the beginning where his contract and he has it like signed and it like lights up, it hasn't been working for the past couple of times that we've been through. <laughs> oh, no, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't noticed that, but sometimes that kind of thing just depends on your walkthrough. Like, you might not catch it at that moment, but no, I haven't noticed it. Yeah. So that's the little details like that. Um, the possession part in the end is amazing. Um, but other than that, like, I don't feel like the scares are super-duper scary. Yeah, this one I think is more story-driven. The scares mostly come from the like the possessed souls of like the other mm-hmm. like musicians that the collector has taken, just jumping out at you from spots. And I, I don't know, I like that. I like a music themed house. There's some great parts of this. The story is clear as you're walking through it. Um, I think even if you didn't know the the logline for this, walking into it, going into like that blues club, and then just seeing the collector with him and then him performing on stage and then kind of like just how things grow for him and then ultimately you wind up in hell. I, <laughs> I think it's really cool. Uh, there's that one scene where you see um, like his, uh, I've got to look at his name, Pine Straw Spruce, where, like where you go into his like house and like there's the chair rocking yes. on the patio. 
it's so simple, but I I love that. Um, Did you notice the change in music as you're walking through the house? Probably, yeah. Starts very grassroots, kind of old school. Then it becomes more bluesy as you're walking through. Mm-hmm. Again, little details like that. It's a great house. I just, I didn't get, it just didn't hit something in me. No, that's that's okay. Not everything's going to be for everybody. But this one, again, is my number six because I think it's a strong showing and I look forward to going through it more. I'm heartbroken about the other night when we went after we were, I think we had gone to Oddfellows mm-hmm. and we were taking that long walk back. Darkest Deal had no line, but they weren't letting people kind of like jump yeah. in like mm-hmm. they did with uh, Descendants of Destruction last year. And I was sad because I was like, man, like I would go right into that house had we had the opportunity, even though we were already approaching closing time and we were kind of on our way out because it was almost like two. But, you know, extra five minutes to go through it again, I definitely would have. Hmm. I don't know. I think Darkest Deal is the Descendants of Destruction of that year, but different because I love Descendants of Destruction. But this house definitely has like one of the lower weights through, consistently through the house, so it's an underrated hero. I would say yes. Uh, gonna jump over to my number seven, which is going to be The Last of Us. I know this was on a lot of people's most anticipated list because the video game does have a huge following, and the show that came out this year was a huge hit as well. Um, the house is kind of what I expected it to be, but as someone that doesn't have that nostalgia for the game and kind of had to catch up on the show i i enjoyed it but again it's just an ip that i don't have a lot invested in so what i take out of it isn't as much as some of what other people are um that's why it's kind of upper tier ip for me but it's still kind of a middling house Mm. i'd like more joel and ellie in it i think because you see them at the beginning. See them somewhere in the middle? You hear them in the you middle. You hear them. Well, I think actually only, at the beginning you only see Joel, and then you see Ellie like midway through, and at the end you see them both. Yes. But you do hear them. But yeah, I I don't know if those human characters that are popping up in it are from the, the game, and I just don't know. I love seeing me some clickers. I think the makeup and the costume effects they have for those are absolutely fantastic. The sets are incredibly well designed. Like, there's that part that you go through and you see the family dead on the ground and they're like, they covered up. They and didn't suffer? Yeah, they didn't suffer. I, I, I like... Uh, Descendants of Destruction was one of my favorite houses last year. I think I like post-apocalyptic, you know, quote-unquote zombie houses. And I, I think Descendants of Destruction did the same thing kind of better, even though it was not mushroom monsters, but you were going into, like, subterranean caverns and then glowing plant monsters. I would say that Descendants of Destruction had a more clear storyline. I can't tell you what's going on in Last of Us. I've seen the show and I can tell you like pinpoints of like, you know, these are clickers. That's a bloater. Um, We're running from them. And now we are safe. And that's basically the story. I mean, that's basically what I've played of the game. (laughs) But, um... Last of Us is my number six. Okay. I was assuming it was going to be, but... 
It is the only house so far that has made me physically scream. I don't like screaming in houses. I don't like making noises. I jump and I kind of go, <laughs> and I make a little giggle and I just kind of keep walking. This is the only house so far that has made me like, actually like a little <laughs> scream out of me. Um, and it was that damn bloater that I knew was there because <laughs> this was our second walkthrough and I knew where he was and he still got me. Um, so stick with that well. This house is probably the scariest to me interesting because i think when it comes down to actual frights i think the exorcist is Mm. just because of those scenes with like the possessed girls and the exorcism scene like i i think that's probably the creepiest most well maybe not the most atmospheric of the houses but that's the one that i think is like yes horror i think it's because this house is so dark and just, like, the makeup is so scary. The noises that they the clickers make is terrifying to me. Mm. And plus, this is a house that you actually do get splashed a little bit. So it's just like, ooh, it's a little extra extra events all around. It was just like, oh, this, is, this house is terrifying to me. And again, I've heard people saying, like, you know, it's not what they want in a video game. Um, as someone who has been through video game houses in the past for HHN, this is probably my favorite. Mm. I didn't really like Resident Evil. Silent Hill was fine, but this one, top notch. Go. Yeah. So what's your number five going to be? Because now we're officially at the halfway point of the list. My number five is Stranger Things 4. Okay. Uh, Stranger Things is going to be my number four. Mm. So you, you go ahead first. Is it your number four because it's the fourth season? <laughs> no, it's my number four. I think it's the best of the IP houses. Um, I, again, I don't consider Monsters an IP because it's just so ingrained in Universal's lifeblood that it doesn't feel like it's something that they're getting the rights and doing. It's just, it's Universal Monsters. Like, they, they have it. It's theirs. So, right off the bat, I've done Stranger Things one the first Stranger Things house that they did and it wasn't my favorite it was kind of like okay cool (laughs) like there wasn't anything to it um so I had I was hopeful but I was still prepared for the worst uh right off the bat it begins with one of the best moments of season four ladies scare wise and it just doesn't stop coming. Like, they're, like, hit after hit. Like, everything that you kind of want, except for Hopper. Hopper does not make any appearance in this, nor does Yeah, they, they don't deal with any of the Russian or um, California stuff. Mm-hmm. It's strictly based in Hawkins, which I'm okay with because that was kind of my favorite thread of season four. Mm-hmm. So I'm more than okay with following the characters that I like the most from the show because you do get to see Eddie and Dustin and Robin and Steve. Lucas is in there. Max is in there. Like, if there was a Stranger Things draft, those would be all of my <laughs> top tier characters. Like, that that's who I would want to pick before I would go for, like, Mike and Will. Argyle would probably be higher on the list too, but, you know, he's stuck <laughs> over there with Jonathan and the rest of them. So No, I will say, like, there was a moment where I was like, 
ooh, like, this is just going to be Vecna, isn't it? But it's not just Vecna. I know, like, some people are saying, like, oh, it's just Vecna over and over again. Um, it's not, because you get different versions of Henry as he's, like, slowly yeah. developing into, like, this Vecna creature. And it's so good. Yeah, and there is the Vecna in there. I mean, granted, he's a presence. They have multiple characters portraying him, but... A lot of the other scares are coming from the actual characters that you know kind of mm-hmm. popping out from corners and behind things. And for me, that's the excitement of this house because those are the characters that I love. And I knew what to expect kind of going into this one because I didn't see the first Stranger Things year. I did see the second one, which was kind of like the greatest hits from seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. So I already knew, okay, this is not going to be just like a straightforward walkthrough of the entire story because they can't fit you know six seven episodes in in one house so i was looking for a greatest hits and this delivered on that um i i'm always excited whenever i see max or like when robin pops out there i i really dig this one a lot that's why i have it as my my number four other than the exorcist house i feel like the scare actors in this house really bring it like every single one of them um big spoilers it begins with eddie uh, having a little scream and the actor like puts his it ends with eddie having a scream too (laughs) it's so good because he just like you can see it in his face and everything and just looks like he's really in pain and you know stuff like that especially with like i don't want to call them face characters but Mm -hmm. i don't know what else to call them you know, it really does matter, like, what your expression is. Because you can literally, you can just say the line and out that would be it. That would be your paycheck. But when you really go into it, ooh. Yeah. The feels. It feel, I feel I felt it all. No, and this, I, we're going to get into, like, our top houses very soon. But this had the biggest, like, yes, this is what I wanted moment out of any of the houses. It's And it's, like, midway through when you walk in and it's the scene where it's Eddie and Dustin on top of his mobile home, like Metallica, Demo Bass flying around. It's such a great moment. And it, it's not just like a quick walk past it. You're like kind of looping around. So you have time to be in that moment and linger in there. And every time we go through it, that just makes me incredibly happy. Like that's why this is my number four. Like I love a lot of these houses, but I love that part of this house so much and everything else around it is just delicious delicious gravy this house is one of the ones that gives me like an oh yay <laughs> moment and it is that that moment where you're like clapping and like just bouncing around and being like super duper happy and i'm not the only one because every time we go through it there's like at least four other people that are like yeah <laughs> and it's like it's just, it's joy. It's just joy. Until it, like, it all comes crashing down, like, the next room. But it's yeah, fine. It's fine. Um, uh, my number five is actually going to be Blood Moon Dark Offering. And this was the house I was most excited for. I really enjoy it. I think it's great atmospheric. It just, every room feels a little bit too samey. <clears throat> and by that, I just mean it's a lot of wood. And everything's tinged red. Mm-hmm. It feels... Like you're just walking through something that's kind of muddied and washed out. And I know that might be what they're going for. I mean, the blood moon has risen. You're going through a colonial era town. There's not going to be bright, colorful materials, things popping out, Mm -hmm. like color-wise. But it's 
trying to think of the walkthroughs of it. There's parts of it that I really love, but I can't tell you too much of the layout of the house itself because mm -hmm. everything just kind of blurs together in that sea of red and light wood. Uh, that is part of the reason why it's my number four. Okay. Um, I, one of the reasons why I loved Dead Man's Fear from last year was the color scheme. Everything was, like, shades of blue. Everything had, like, even when, like, they had the lights on in their helmets, it was still, like, cool colors all around the house. Like, it felt very, like, north east town during like a rainy season it felt very mm -hmm. atmospheric um i love houses like that where it's like such con like it feels like i'm in a different place and i don't know like blood moon like surprised me because i no, thought I... this house was gonna be like one of my lower ones <clears throat> no, i really do enjoy this house i mean it's my my number five so it, it made you know the the top half of my list I just wish there was more to it to break it up because to go back to uh, Winter's Wake last year, that was my favorite house. There was enough variance in the sets mm -hmm. that you were placing somewhere different. It's not you were just walking through a pub. You were walking through the town square. Like, it felt different enough, mm -hmm. like, going through the, the boathouse, seeing the ship, like, mm -hmm. crash into, like, the harbor, like, there was enough stuff there to break it up. I think Blood Moon uses its space well. There is depth to those scenes. The moment you walk into the town square and you see, like, the little cult kids playing with the maypole and attestants, like, you can look across the courtyard and you can see more buildings and you can see people walking through them because you will sneak your way around there eventually before you start to make your exit into, like, the church and, like, the finale. There's great space to this, but it's all just... None of it lingers, I guess, because it's too much of is, what you've already been seeing. It is very similar. I think my only real complaint for Blood Moon is that a lot of the um, speaking parts are the same. Blood Moon has risen. The false hearted must die. Yeah, I, which, <clears throat> you know, I no complaints. I still really love this. I just I wish it was broken up a little bit more. But we're coming down to it. Top three. Top three? Ooh. All right. Do you want to go to your number three? Uh, my number three is going to be the glass that I'm drinking out of right now. Because this is going to be Dueling Dragons, Choose Thy Fate. No, say it right. Choose Thy Fate. Thank you. Um, I think out of all the houses, this one is probably the most gorgeous. It's shocking to me. And I say it every single time we walk out of it. I can't believe they built that house in just a year because the facade inside of it, when you see like the Merlin wood tree, when you see the castle, when you see the bigger castle with the full-fledged <laughs> dragons breathing smoke on top yeah. of it, the lighting effects as you're going through it with the fire and ice, it's all absolutely gorgeous. And then even the warlock slash dragons themselves, Blizzrock and Pyrock, like, they're light-up costume vests mm -hmm. that have the fire or the ice designs kind of pulsing through it. This house is just absolutely gorgeous. And I know people get scared going through it because I see it happening. I hear people getting spooked. But for me, this house is just 
gorgeous and it's just such a testament to what universal creative can do every room has something impressive to look at see i wasn't afraid of a fairy tale um house because i've been through like scary tales which are basically fairy tales gone wrong so i knew they could do it ah i'm so glad that they did it the way they did though it's so good um, this was also my number three. Okay. Uh, I've written Dueling Dragons maybe like once or twice before it shut down. I used to see the part where the dragons used to like split up. Like in front of like a, a, um, like a parking garage like down the street because you can see it from there. Like I grew up around dueling dragons um so seeing it come to life in the house is everything that i wanted yeah, and more they do stick to that choose thy fate where you do come to that split and you can choose either fire or ice blizzrock or pyrock and depending on who's working that night i don't know what they decide <laughs> um either you'll make the correct choice and you save merlin or you get the other side where you don't Merlin gets his head cut off by whatever dragon you chose. But I feel like I've been on the winning side more than the losing side. Mm -hmm. Except for the one time I went through it, there was just nobody on my (laughs) side, which was kind of like, oh, well, I chose poorly, I guess. You did, because I won that time. But I I wasn't told I lost, so you know what? That's still a win for me. But what's your number two going to be coming down to the end? My number two is going to be... Universal Monsters Unmasked. Okay, this is my number two currently as well. Really? I thought it was your number one. It was, but then I changed it after our last visit. Mm -hmm. Because Oddfellows, I think... We'll we'll talk about it when we get to it. But I love this house a lot. Um, The first time we went through it, for like the first like five times we went, like it was consistently at my number one. I really love this house, not just because I love a Universal Monsters house, but I think it's so well done and so interesting kind of how you move through Paris and you move through the story where that opening scene where you just walk onto the Paris streets and there's like the constable talking to you. And then the second time we went through and there's actual rain effects that weren't there the first time. Uh, I think it's great then going through the catacombs and seeing... The Phantom and the Phantom's trophies, like the faces that stabbed into the walls and going into the opera house and seeing more of his victims before you escape onto the streets. And then it's all Quasimodo, Jekyll and Hyde, and then, oh, Invisible Man. This is kind of what I loved about uh, Legends Legends Collide, but I think it's a better done version of it. Mm-hmm. And Legends was also one of my favorite houses last year. Is it because there's less, well, there's more Dracula, I guess? More or less Dracula? <laughs> um, but no, I think what you're, you're missing in Blood Moon, you got in this one. Because this one has a lot of varying scenes yeah. where everything feels very unique. Like um, the phantom parts where you're walking through the opera house and you're just seeing curtain after curtain and you're like there's something behind one of these curtains I know there is 
then you come face to face with him and he are like and you see him you see him cutting off a face and you're like okay i'm safe i'm safe only for him to pop off out of the next part and you're like oh i freaking knew it but then you like you escape quote unquote escape and you think that you made it and then you run straight into dr chuckle and mr hyde and you're just like i like this night never ends yeah only for you to like the hunchback doesn't really like scare you he's on your side he wants to help you he just has really weird ways of showing that he wants to help you only for him to like jump at you from the like, second story it's just like oh that's unique yeah this <laughs> this house i think is masterfully done as well that's why it was my number one for the longest time. But to get to the the elephant in the room, Dr. Oddfellows has everything that I love about Halloween Horror Nights in it. Because it's an icon house. Mm-hmm. It has lots of Easter eggs to more Halloween Horror Nights stuff True. in it. And maybe I just love a creepy circus troop house i mean i loved puppet theater two years ago and this is very very reminiscent of that and as soon as we did our first walkthrough of it when we were exiting i was like that was puppet theater and it just made me so happy seeing those performers and just everyone living it up as the clowns or like the contortionists like it's it's so well done and there's some great like effects in there and awesome just different types of scare actors like my favorite one is the guy that's cutting off the head of the clown, but then mm-hmm. the body keeps walking towards you. Yeah. Fantastic effect. I like the lady that pops out with the head, and she's laughing like crazy, and I'm laughing with uh, yes, her. The, and the, we're, the puppet theater. And we're all laughing, and it's a fantastic time. <laughs> yeah, this... You have multiple outfellows popping out of it, too, and... I, it's a win. Like this is an easy number one for me. But then it's just going to depend on my walkthrough of monsters mm-hmm. if that one maybe becomes the number one for that night. Because I think both of these are solid houses, and I think monsters is the one that usually has the little bit longer wait. But rightfully yeah. so. Like I think you know being that IP quote unquote um, is going to have more of the attention than the Oddfellow one. But man, the Oddfellow's house is just so good. I think if you're not, like, the biggest Horror Nights fan, like, you're just casually going to Horror Nights just for, like, a night of scares, I feel like Unmasked will probably be your favorite house just because of how, like, intensely gorgeous it is and how, like, really scary it is, too. Like, it's not just, like, a pretty house. It's also, like, intense, (laughs) you know? Um, and you may want to skip Oddfellows because you have no, like, real love for anything. Or you have no idea who, like, Oddfellow is and you're just like, whatever. But I feel like if you've gone through a couple years for Horror Nights, especially, like, in the past, like, maybe four or five years, Dr. Oddfellows will be, like, a love letter to you. Because it's just like, hey, do you remember the Chupacabra? <laughs> He's in here. He's back as a lion. <laughs> He's in here. Do you remember the lady from uh, Puppet Peter who's still rehearsing? She's in there too. And do you like Jack? He is in here too. Yeah, I think this house just works on a lot of 
just horror nights fan levels and i'm I'm here for it like this is part of why dr oddfell has become my my favorite icon until we get a caretaker year again (laughs) and then they could be like no you know what i was right for making that decision so after crunching some numbers i can now tell you obviously uh Dr. Oddfellows is our number one, collectively. Mm-hmm. Monsters is our number two. Dueling Dragons is our number three. Stranger Things 4 and Blood Moon Dark Offering are tied for our collective fourth place. Okay. Uh, that would then put The Last of Us as our number six. All right. Darkest Steel as number seven. The Exorcist as number eight. Yeti as number nine. And Chucky rounding it out. At number 10, which I feel like is kind of, yes, that's how we, we feel about everything. Yeah, it's about. Mm-hmm. So I think if you are going and it's a busy night and you only have maybe enough time with the lines and wanting to see like the shows and get food, go shopping, go on rides, I think your top three houses that you should go for, Oddfellows, Dueling Dragons, Monsters, Unmasked. And then if you have time after that, that's when you then start to like dip into maybe one of the, the big IPs. IPs, like the one that you care about the most, mm-hmm. um, which would probably be just based off of like how people feel like The Last of Us or Stranger Things, because those are the two that have consistent, consistently the longest wait times. And then after that, if, if you've got time, then continue on your list like with something like Darkest Steel... And then Yeti. Like, the ones that aren't going to have as long of a wait, just so you can maximize your time. I will say, if you want to maximize your time, your best bet is to get there early. Stay and scream. It's probably your best bet doing one of the big IPs. Either Last of Us or Stranger Things. Because those are going to be the ones that are consistently throughout the day are going to have a long light. And then right after that, probably try to do one of the houses next to it so if you're doing last of us probably try to jump out into monsters right after or stranger things try to jump into dueling dragons right afterwards i think at as you go through the night you will see a spike in the wait times but then around 11 30 12 o'clock things do start to die down as Mm -hmm. people start exiting the event because they have been there either all day or they went in early for stay and scream so that's when times tend to drop and there's been nights that we've done like three four houses within the last hour mm-hmm. because we'll make a beeline for what we want to do next that we haven't seen already and has like the lowest time so it is possible to do multiple houses in in a night and we the first night we were there we did what was it like six or seven houses we did seven then we did the remainder three the next day. Yeah, and that was the opening night where it was crazy busy. Mm-hmm. And we were able to see everything that we wanted to. And we still were taking time to eat. stop, eat, drink, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Like, just go through all the scare zones. So, yeah. I love some Horror Nights. I'm glad we still have, like, a month left because I, I got to go through these houses some more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 